Hi there and good day. Welcome to Heritage Diary. Listen up and we shall weave for you tales of days and times gone by which can inform today and actually show the way to tomorrow. This Municipal Heritage Committee podcast looks at our town, our people and our stories. And this time we open the diary of our shared past and take a look at the Capitol Theatre, or as known today as the Capitol Centre. Uh, opened June 1st, 1929 as a famous player's theatre and became a theater and arts center in 1987. Uh, it's only the second building that the Municipal Heritage Committee has recognized twice. First of all, as a level one heritage building, that's in 2006 with a glass plaque, and then 10 years later in 2016, a heritage site plaque telling the story of the Capitol Center. And to help us tell that story today, we're talking with Barry Berniston, author, artist, photographer, and teacher, and his book, The Capitol, came out a number of years back now, involved an awful lot of research, and he's also written articles on the Capitol Center. Um, what, what attracted you to the Capitol Center as a subject for you to spend a lot of time on? Uh, what, I, what I did first was to um, find a black and white small photograph uh, published in a nugget, and I think it was a heritage thing they were producing at the time about things about the past, okay. had a picture of the Capitol Center uh, taken back in the early 30s, I think 1931. All right. And I decided I'd like to do a painting of that. And I contacted some people that I knew had businesses downtown, and because it was black and white, I wanted to know what the colors were. Yeah. yeah. I got a hold of some old uh, postcards, that sort of thing, and some uh, verbal uh, ideas about what the colors were. And I produced the painting. And uh, when I did it, I noticed uh, on the marquee there was the name of uh, Sylvia Sidney. Yeah, and the name of a movie, and yeah. I decided, well, I'm going to look that up, and I looked that up, and so I could have it as part of the painting, uh, in history, and um, what happened then was I thought, well, here's a little bit of history about her and the movie and the opening of the center. Um, I wonder if there's anything about the Capitol Center or the Capitol Theater itself as far as a, re a record. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I looked at it, that's what got me interested initially in doing something about looking into the history of the, of the theater itself. Did you find it easy? I mean, for example, did, does the Capitol Center itself have files or did you have to go back to Nugget Nitrofiche and all that sort of stuff? Okay, there was a number of issues uh, I had to deal with. One, uh, I asked them, first of all, uh, do we have anything, any record of the Capitol Center and its history? They said, the only thing we've got is boxes in the basement and we don't know what kind of condition they're in because they were uh, in a flood a number of years ago. Oh, the old boxes in the old basement boxes bit. in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> so there were boxes in the basement, and I said, well, can I have a look at them? And they said, sure, you're welcome, go ahead and look at them. And at the time, I was on the board of directors uh, at the Capitol Center. All right. And uh, I dug them all out, looked at them, they were quite a, a bit of a mess. Uh, there was nothing uh, correlated as far as uh, timelines are concerned, everything was just all over the place. There were photographs, there were articles. Uh, I then went to um, the library uh, when I found out that they had, on Microfish, they had old, all the old Nugget yeah. newspaper articles, and I started sifting through there as well. Plus, I decided when people heard I was doing this, uh, they said, oh, I've got some information, or I've got some pictures, I've got this, I've got that, I've got a nice story for you about the history of the, of the theater, and I did over 50 interviews with people. I got photographs from them, I got stories from them, anecdotes that I put in, 
and originally it was just going to be something that I would put together that maybe the city would like a copy of and maybe the I know the, the, the center would like a copy mm -hmm. of uh, maybe the library I don't know and so I was only going to produce maybe four or five maybe a copy for myself just right. just, just right. hand done myself uh, people started saying, when, you, when are we going to be able to get a copy of this? And I, of course, I've done 50 interviews, I've got people that want it. Yeah. Uh, the community said they were interested in it, and hence we, uh, we started to look at actually having it published. You know, that, there's so many projects that get started that way, mm -hmm. just sort of, and, 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 and it grows, and, and, and quite often then it's set aside in somebody's basement, whereas this didn't. You, you had the book produced, and that's, because that's here now. It's done. It's done. Yeah, I had uh, this was produced. I think in 2006 when we actually published it. I spent the four years, four years before that, gathering the information yeah. before I was ready to do it. And I had to do it on my own. Um, I had to have it published. And uh, what I did go, I got a commitment from a number of people, so I knew at least I was going to hopefully get my yeah. money back. Yeah. And that, uh, that worked out that way. Now the, the the capital center was called when it opened the finest in Northern Ontario. And, and I can I can remember when I got here in the late fifties and through the sixties, the the things that that made it different from other theaters was the long foyer, the huge foyer with yes. the red carpet. Yes. And then of course it had a balcony, mm -hmm. and then the main floor. Um, but the foyer, you could wait in line for a motion picture, but you weren't out in the rain. Whereas at the Bay Theater, if you were doing, you were on the rain because you're just going inside and there you go. And then the Odeon was the same. No foyer at all, basically. But the Capitol Center had this, this or the Capitol Theater had this, this huge foyer. It was done in a Spanish motif, too. It was very, very ornate. Yeah, yeah. And then and, and wall boxes inside. Yeah. And they're, they're still there, I guess. Yeah, eh? yeah. They're um, still there. Just, and, and they're false. They're just yeah. made for an Just impression. decorative, yes. Yeah. And it looked like it had some sort of a celestial theme. Yes. Would you say? Yeah, the sun, the moon, the stars. Yes. Yeah. It was, yes. Um, you're not from here, right? No, I'm from uh, the west end of Toronto. Do you recall any theaters down where, where you grew up that were similar to the Capitol Center? No, no. Uh, I I moved up here when I was 23. I think I went. I didn't. We, my family, weren't great moviegoers except on a Saturday afternoon. I'd yeah. go with the kids to watch right. cowboy movies. And yes, stuff. absolutely. But I think <laughs> my parents uh, would. We, as a family, we would go to a show and out for dinner maybe once or twice a year at the most. Oh, so, really? so as far as any theaters, and we were out in the west end of Toronto, out in Etobicoke, and there was only one small little theater out there. Oh, okay. Any of the big okay. ones were downtown. Downtown. Which I, I very rarely. Lows and all lows. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. <clears throat> It had almost 1,500 seats when it opened. Did, did you do any any uh, research on, did they have silence? Were they, was it open? Were, were there still silence or were they all, all talkies, do you know? No, no, uh, I think the very first movie that uh, was shown um, in old Arizona, I think it was called, yeah. uh, when they opened the theater was the first talkie okay. out okay. at the time, and that was 1929. Okay, all right. Well, the... Uh, CFCH opened there. Yes. That was just two years after the theater itself opened in 1931. Yes. Uh, it was Roy Thompson's first radio station. And there's, there's a picture in the book of, of a stage show with, that went on at, yes, that, at yes. that time. It was interesting, too, that uh, the reason that he actually started the radio station is kind of ironic. He did had no intention of starting a radio station. What he did was he bought, uh, I think it was something like 2,000 
radios. Radios, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he found out that there was no reception up here for yeah. radios. There's, so how can you sell radios without being able to pick up any any signal? So that's what inst got him going on, on doing that. He had uh, something in the basement and then something on, on the second floor. And one of them I know was padded completely with mattresses and things for, su for silence. Yes. And he had to communicate from one floor to the other on uh, when things were going to happen. And what he did was he banged on a uh, a water pipe to okay. signal yeah. Uh, yeah. when something had to happen downstairs. So it was kind of interesting how it all got going. But it was really, and it, it was one not one of his first adventures. I mean, he had all sorts of yeah. things he tried that failed, and this was the first thing that finally took off and, and got him into his uh, media empire. His uh, technical guy was Jack Barnaby. Okay, was his first yes. employee. Okay. And then I worked with Jack when I first came here. Okay. And he 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 cobbled stuff together all his life. I remember the auxiliary transmitter when the state radio station was eventually at first and Fraser yes and he had an auxiliary transmitter if you went off the air there was an auxiliary he had built in there and of course to get it started was like you have to have an, have an engineering degree to do it but Jack was his first employee and he I think he basically spent the rest of his life working for Roy Thompson Okay, there were other things in the Capital Center. Yeah, it was the uh, first uh, officers, uh, offices for uh, Northern Ontario uh, RCMP. They were in there. Oh, all right. Okay. And uh, there was a dentist in there. Uh, there was a bowling alley down below. I, I believe there was a clothing outlet as well. Uh, different things happened at different times throughout uh, the career of the th when it was the actual theater. Um, when it came time to, uh, I don't know what it was that created it, whether it was video, whether it was TV, but uh, famous players decided that in the 80s sometime that it, it wasn't becoming viable to keep it open as a, as a theater. Yeah. Uh, there were two options. They were thinking of either chopping it up into smaller theaters, having maybe two or three theaters instead, or selling it off to another enterprise and, and uh, losing the theater altogether. That's when uh, Betty Spears, uh, who was the uh, chairman or president of TAC, an organization, the Theater and Arts Community Center here in North Bay, was a conglomeration of, of all sorts of uh, uh, people, uh, theater groups, uh, uh, artists, uh, craftspeople, uh, that she gathered all together as a group, and they were always looking for a place to go. They were always moving from this place to that place yeah, or using yeah. different facilities. Um, so she decided that it was time to get together and see if we could raise enough money as a community and purchase the theater mm -hmm. and turn it into an art center. Uh, Lucien Delane, uh, a well-renowned architect in, in North Bay, uh, got on board as the chairman of the committee to, to seek the funds. And uh, in 1985, uh, they purchased the theater and uh, they shut it down for two years to have it renovated. They took out uh, 400 of the, of the 1,455 seats so that they could put in a reception area and the WKP Art Gallery. Of course, mm -hmm. it was just an art gallery at that Kennedy time. And then gallery. Kennedy came along and donated some money. Um, it was opened then, and I think you already mentioned this, in 1987 as the Art Center. Mm -hmm. uh, there was some controversy over the number of years about people saying, well, an art, the art center, uh, where is it? I mean, we don't know where it is. They had to des describe where it was. Oh, it's the old Capitol Theater. Mm -hmm. So in 1997, 10 years later, uh, they changed the name to uh, the Capitol yeah, Center, so we didn't have that problem anymore. Um, some of the things that I, I, I think back to, just off the top of my head, that I thought were interesting uh, was the fact that the, uh, the Quince would come to the show 
every once in a while. Now they were accompanied, they'd only come three at a time, never five at a time. They always came three at a time really? for some reason. And their brother, an older brother, yeah. would accompany them. Okay. And uh, another interesting fact, I think, is uh, I think people might remember the old, um, not old, the Lynn Johnson characters from yes. For Better or For Worse that yes. were constructed and, and uh, she, yeah, no she actually worked on producing them and putting them in the park down by the CIBC building or bank right. down in the corner here. And uh, once they got damaged, I don't know how many times they got damaged, people were breaking the banana off the yeah, thing yeah. and taking glasses off people and that sort of thing. And so they decided to store them and they stored them in the basement. Uh, well, actually first they put them out in the lobby yes. of the Capitol Center. Well, yes. then the Capitol Center got to the point where it was taking up too much space, they needed it for something else, so they just stored them in the basement. Mm -hmm. Now, I thought that was terrible. After a number of years, I went down to the basement to find uh, information about the book I wanted to write. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, uh, when I got got to them, I realized you know these things are all covered in dust. They're going to get damaged down there. Everything's being moved around. Things are being piled on top of them. So I got a hold of Lucy and Delane, and I got a hold of Lynn Johnson, and I said my concern is that these things are going to get destroyed and forgotten. And I said they're important, I think, to the community, and I would like to see them repaired and put somewhere out in the community mm -hmm. where they're mm -hmm. safe. Yeah. And we decided that the best place to put them then would be in a place like the the hospital, the new hospital. That's where they are today. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. That, that's an interesting thing that, that involved the Capitol Center. I just look to go back because I think you've got something in the book about World War Two and and Saturday matinees and did they not do fundraising and for different things? Yeah, if you brought if you brought in some metal. Uh, like a spoon or a fork or something, you'd, uh, you'd get in for nothing. And this was to oh, go okay. towards the war effort, so that okay. they could be melted yeah. down yeah. and made into yeah. Yeah. bullets, machines, whatever. I don't know what they did with them, but people couldn't afford to go to the show, yeah. but they could bring something like that. Uh, I recall Betty Spears, and, and she she was the spearhead. She oh, was she a hard-nosed lady. She's, she was a, a public relations person, because I recall her telling me once, that she chaperoned and she organized a tour for Paul Robeson when he toured Australia. Mm -hmm. um, and of course Paul Robeson was a very controversial figure, a tremendous talent. Um, and, and she came with, with credentials to North Bay. And when she dug her heels in... Oh yeah, she was the, a fighter. Uh, there was no oh, dislodging yeah. her at all. Oh. And I often sort of think, and I, and I wonder, if she hadn't been there to step in, what would have happened? Would we have a capital center today? I wonder. I, I, I doubt it. I mean, I'm, you can't say, no, you're not going to have one, but uh, she, she definitely was a driving force and, and she wouldn't let up. Uh, and, but once she got Lucien involved and convinced him that this is the route we needed to go, I mean, he's very uh, into the arts as well. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, quite an art collector. And he, along with her, <laughs> it was an unstoppable thing. And they both had uh, a way of, of involving other people and getting everybody else excited about it. I mean, the fundraiser events, the, the Glitter Gulch, I think was the first one yeah, they had at the okay, Center, right. where they brought in all sorts of gambling equipment and everything. Yeah. And uh, it was a great success. And over the years, of course, with the wine gala and that sort of thing, it's, uh, it's sustained itself. But, uh, For a few years, they also had a festival, an artistic festival, where they'd bring in, yes, I, I recall the very first one, they brought in The Amazing Randy, for example, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. some big-name people to... It was a, it was a, a series of shows yes. in, in the space of yes. two or three days. Yeah, Festival of the Arts. Festival, yeah, yeah. right, Festival right. Of the Arts, yeah. Okay, um, the Kennedy Art Gallery, is it's an important part of the, of the building. Yes, too. yes it is. And uh, it, it has more than one element to it. 
Um, it did have at the front, which is now not, not working because I guess it just wasn't feasible after a while, there wasn't enough manpower to take care of it, was a little art shop. I don't know if you remember that, but, but they did have an, an artist would uh, bring in their work, put it on display for oh, sale, yes, 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 and then the gallery would get a certain percentage of that. Then, the, yeah, that. Yeah. then there's an outer gallery, as you walk in now, there's a gallery there, which um, is for uh, people maybe that would only have a selective amount of, of work to show, not a lot of work to show, uh, but quality, and they have a little showing there, and then there's the main gallery which will have more um, uh, grandiose, I guess the word, uh, type of, uh, of a show where it's, uh, and they get into multimedia things, they get into uh, video uh, presentations and, and ha happenings, that sort of thing. They also use it for uh, small uh, theater um, presentations too, uh, which doesn't happen very often, but sometimes there's an artist that will come and want to do, even usually a local one, that wants to put on a small performance yeah. where they put chairs around and, and right. people will, will perform in there. I mentioned earlier that we'd uh, the Heritage Committee had uh, given the Capital Center a, a glass plaque, which is an yes. eight-inch circular glass plaque, cir uh, telling that it's a it's a Heritage One building. And I recall going through the building, and at the back there was a, a special room built. And this was in the original building. This was not built on as an add-on, I don't believe. It was for a sort of a nursery or for crying babies. If somebody had a crying baby in the crowd, they could take it up into this room and it would be shut off. Yes, 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 I remember. Yeah, and yeah. really unique, yes. completely different sort yeah. of a thing. Yeah. Um, and they have live performances there still. Yes. And films as well, yes. regular films yes. and so on and so forth. So it's almost back to its original... And they redid, I think they redid a lot of the basement too, did they not? Because yeah, because uh, um, Arlie Hoffman uh, used uh, one of the rooms down there as a, as a studio. Okay. And I believe some of the paintings that he had done, that he actually produced down there, and then he moved up to uh, the hospital and actually used a room there and painted as well. Right. And they've got some of the work up in, in the hospital. Yeah, and then they use it for the summertime, they have crafts uh, and art camps for, for, for children. And they use the basement for that now. And uh, one of the good things about it is that it does have support of the city. Absolutely. The yeah. Capital Center, yeah. because I know when I was on council, we give a certain amount each year for capital stuff. Yeah. And that's really valuable because it's so difficult to keep a building that old, 1929, yeah. in some sort of shape. Because you've got roof always is going. Yeah. I mean, the library roof, for example, goes... It's a great I know you did some work pain. on the outside brickwork as well. Yeah. Did some repairs. Okay, Barry, are you, are you are you happy with this this project, the 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 book you put together, the Capitol North Bay's Theater and Arts Center? Yeah, I'm quite happy with it. I, I enjoyed very much doing it. Um, I I don't mind the time I spent on it, and uh, the people that I got involved with in the interviews and helping me put it together. It was a very enjoyable time. Um, I think I think. I'm happy with it because uh, it, it, it's something that I think adds to the history of, of the city mm -hmm. and that people can look back on and they say, you know, well, that's an interesting building, but, you know, where did it come from? Who was involved in it? Yeah. What happened here? And I think that's important for us to, to keep that as a record. And I think uh, it had a very good uh, positive response, I think. I just sat down the other day and looked through it, and I think there's over 180 uh, pictures in yeah. there. 
I did some of the artwork, not just the cover, but I also did some pen and ink drawings that are that are inside of some of the things that instead of doing all photographs and stuff. Yeah. So I had fun doing that. I enjoyed doing it very much. I enjoyed working with the people. Uh, Lee Cools, who worked at the yeah. uh, Capitol Center at that time, she's the one who put it together for me as far as getting it ready for print. And uh, she, I owe her a big uh, debt of credit for that. You know, for getting it to that point because with, without it, I couldn't. I had at that time I didn't have the ability to insert pictures into the copy. All right. On my okay. my, my <clears throat> equipment, my old computer, I couldn't do it on. Yeah. That. I didn't have the program for it. So what I would do is I'd bring everything into her. Yeah, and, and she'd do it. For and you. she would put it all together. Yeah. And, Just off the top of your own head, the value to the downtown of the of the Capital Center, and the value to the arts, and the value to the city. I don't think you can measure it. I think I, I don't think this would be the same city without it. I think it's a core element to uh, keeping this city alive, to bringing people into the community, so the things we have to offer that they would be looking for. Mm -hmm. um, that and the development that's happening down uh, on the waterfront and uh, that sort of thing. The, the two of them tied together with the station, now that's going to be have its name changed. <laughs> I think that's interesting that we changed the theater from the art center to the capitals now, and now we're going to change the heritage to the North Bay Museum again yeah. because people don't know what that name means and where's yeah. your museum? Yeah. You know, yeah. so yeah. I think it's kind of interesting. Barry, thank you very, very much for coming and talking with us uh, about the uh, the Capitol Theater and the Capitol Center. The book is called The Capitol, and Barry's also written articles uh, on the Capitol Center. Thanks again for well, thank you, thank you very much for having me. Thank you for spending some time with us and listening to our stories. These productions are put together by the North Bay Municipal Heritage Committee, not only to retell old tales, but hopefully to kindle interest in area history. Local lore is important to any community, as we've proven again today, and we shouldn't let it go unremarked and unremembered. Views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of the Corporation of the City of North Bay or its employees. Join us next time when we flip another page of the diary of our shared past. You can reach us at peter.carello at cityofnorthbay.ca. Pete Handley speaking.